Okay, we're learning Daphne and Dalit. We're starting from the two dots, four lines, four lines down. Erev Shabbos and So let's just, before we start, let's just go over what the Mishnah had, had, um, had said about the calculations, the numbers over here. And the, the, the question is, how many times do you blow the Chatzorotos each and every day um, inside of the base of Mikdash? So the Mishnah and Daphne, Nun Gimel Amid Beis, uh, the reason we got into this is because we know there's a bunch of blowing the Chatzorotos by the by the the time you fill the water, when the time they would go out to fill the water, they bring back the water. It was a lot of blowing the trumpets. So the Mishnah went into the whole Indian of how many times is the minimum amount that it's blown a day and what's the maximum. So we say on any day, the Mishnah in Gimel said there's at least 21. There's always at least 21. What's the Cheshbin? Three every time they open up the gates. That was like a signal everybody should go to their post, everybody should get to work. There would be nine when they would, uh, during the morning Talmud and nine during the afternoon Talmud. That means during the song Levim, there were three intervals when they would blow a set. And again, a set is considered three sounds according to our Mishnah. Rabbi Yudeld, it's Kiyosh from two is one sound, but the, we, our Mishnah holds like the Rabbana that is considered three different sounds. So nine during the Talmud in the morning, nine during, and nine during the afternoon Talmud. So that's 18 plus three. That's a regular day. That's the simplest 21. Nine, nine plus three. Now, anytime that there's a carbon musaf, you're going to have another night because there's going to be another song with the Levium, with the th- three intervals that they're going to blow Tzakiya, Tzakiya, Tzakiya. Then, we have, so that's going to be another night. And we have another Cheshbin that when it's an Arab Shabbos, we have another six blows. Uh, they would be, tell the people, to, the three would be to tell the people to stop working and three more would be uh, to tell, you know, that Shabbos actually is starting. That's the basics. And then... If you could, ta- and then on Sokis, there's extra ones. Why do you have the extra ones? Because you've got, um, you've got for the for the for the Nisa Hamayim when they were leaving when they, leave, they were leaving the base of Mikdash. There was there was one when they were leaving the top part of the Azara. There was another one when they were leaving the uh, the bottom part. There was another three when they actually were filling up the water, and then there was another three which we said is Al Gabe Hamizbeach on top of the Mizbeach. What does that mean on top of the Mizbeach? Rashi learns it means when they stood up the Aravos on the sides of the Mizbeach. That was um, that was another another three. So there's an extra twelve for Sukkot. Okay, so if you add up the numbers, the bottom the bottom line is the way you can get the total of forty eight. The Mishnah said is you're going to get the regular twenty one, which exists three for opening the gates and the eighteen nine for the Tamshal Shachar, nine for the Tamshal Ben Arbaim. You have a nine for a Musaf. You have another six if it's an Arab Shabbos, and you have another twelve if it's on Sukkot. So if you put it all together, you can get to the total of forty eight. That's the maximum. That's what the Mishnah went through. That was the Cheshbon that we said. So the Gemara now is puzzled. Let's take a look. Four lines down. How much did we say? We've got three at the top gate, three at the lower gate, three when the filling of the water, and three when they stood up that rubbish on the side of his back. That's a total of 12. But we, there really could be more. Didn't they stop at the 10th step and blow another three? And how do we know that? Because there was a Mishnah on Nun Aleph Amid Beis, two blot before, that mentioned that. It said they blew when they stopped, right there, remember the 15 steps in between the two Azars, Azar Yisrael and Azar Snashim. There were 15, 15 steps. And when they would stop at the 10th step, the Mishnah there made a point of saying that they would blow the Chatzotros. So it seems that we're missing three. Why are we only having... 12 dedicated to the Nisach HaMayim. Again, three for the top gate, three for the lower gate, three for the filling of the water, and then three when they stood up the Aravos on the side of his back. What about those, show, those, those Chatzorotos which were mentioned that they would blow on the 10th step? That's what's bothering us. We seem to just omit those three blows. 
the Gemara answers, Matznisun Mani, it's really Machlokas Tanam. And who is our Mishnah going? Like Rabbi Lazar and Yaakov, the Tanya, Sholosh Malas, there were three blasts that were made, that were made on the 10th step. That's what the Tanakhama holds, and that's what the Mishnah Anun Aleph Amid Beis clearly held like. No, there were not three that were blown on the 10th step. There were three that were blown when they would stand the Aravos up on the side of the Mizbeach. So actually what's going on here is that it's a dispute. And the Gemara itself continues, The one who says that the three were blown on the 10th step, the Tanakhama, does not say that there were three on the side of the Mizbeach with the Arava. And the one who says that there were three that were blown on the side of his back, he does not say that there were three that were done on the tenth step. So it's machlokas tanam. Everybody agrees there were twelve special to, uh, uh, blows that were done for sukkas. Everybody agrees twelve extra. But what are the point? What is the twelve? So nine of them is very clear. Nine at the top, three at the top gate, three at the lower gate, three for the filling of the water. But is the last three is that for when they were on the tenth step? That's one Tano, and the other Tano, Rabbi Lazar and Yaakov, no, they did not blow at the 10th step. Rather, they blew when the uh, Arovos were stood up on the side of this bath. So now we've answered how we get that it's not a dispute, but either way, you're never going to have more than 48. That's just a question of where the last three are. Says the Gemara, my time is Rabbi Lazar and Yaakov, and this is what's hard about this thing in the Gemara. Is there an, it seems that for some reason, they're exclusive here. It's as if we have a tradition that there's 12 special ones for Sukkot, and we're just trying to fit where's the extra three, the last three. Is the last three on the 10th step, or is the last three when we put that rubber in the side of his back? How do we know specifically that there's 12 that we should be figuring out, oh, is it for this or is it for that? And now the Gemara is saying, why does he justify that it should be for this, as opposed to saying that's it? Why are they exclusive at all, right? Why doesn't the Gemara take the approach, like, do both? For some reason, I don't, not 100% clear, it seems that there was some tradition that it was 12. So we know that it's either this or that. So the Gemara is trying to figure out now, give me a svar why it's more important to blow at the 10th step, or give me a svar that is more important when you st- to do it when they put a daros on this back. So the Gemara says, my time is our blows Yaakov. He's saying that they did not blow on the 10th step. Why? The answer is, because they already blew when we opened up the gates, right? What do we, when they opened up the gates, we mean not the original opening of the gates like that we do every day. We mean when they were leaving the upper and the lower gate to go at the water. So we blow already for this exit, that occurs to go for the Nisach HaMayim. So why blow again on the 10th step? A lot of shar, it's not a gate. Meaning there was a certain period when they would blow that okay, now the procession, now we're going to fill, to fill the water. So when you leave a gate, that it makes sense. When they leave the top gate, it makes sense. When they leave the lower gate to get out to the Harabais, that makes sense. But it doesn't make sense to blow at a random interval when you stop at the 10th step. It's better to complete the number 12. Again, for some reason, we have a magic number 12. Better to complete the number 12 when they would stand the Arabos up on the side of his back. Wait a second. Why is there random tequios coming when I stand the Arabos up on the Mizbech? All of the tequios, all of the blowings of the trumpets should be about the water, about the procession with the water. What are you doing? There's no business to blow when you stand the Arabos up on the side of Mizbech. Better to blow when they were going out to fill the water. And in the Hanami, it wasn't when they were leaving another gate, but it was a stop along the way to go fill water. So that's the svara. Everybody agrees it's 12. There were three at the top gate, three on the lower gate, three of the filling of the water. But what's the last three? So Rabbi Lazar Yaakov is saying, since it's not at a, at a leaving of a gate, better to have the last three when you put that rav out his back. And the Rabbanon are saying, better to have it all about the water. So they would blow when they, uh, when they were on the 10th step. So that's, this is all done at the very end of the night. And then in the next morning, 
when they, when they would bring the Tamid Shel Shachar, when they would pour wine, at that time they poured wine, they also poured the water. Yeah. So this is the Simcha going out to do the drawing right before, the end of the night. Okay. Now, we know that we blow the trumpets by the Musaf. Now, this is a little bit, it's interesting to know, some parts here of the blowing of the trumpets, it's a thing to bring extra simcha, it's, it's, it's a nice enhancement. Some things, though, are mamash apasak in the Torah. It's a confusing, so many people are aware of this. It's mamash apasak in Parshas Ba'aloyzcha that says that there's a chiv to blow chatzaytres when you bring karbonos. Now, the psokim only seem to mention it in, in relation to a carbon Musaf. The Pasuk says, I'll just read it inside for the next sukkah that we're doing. On a happy day and a holiday. You should blow the chatzrotos with your carbonos. The Pasuk says you should blow, to blow the chatzrotos when the carbonos of the Musaf are being brought. So now we're going to analyze, and the Mishnah mentioned this, right? The Mishnah mentioned that um, Musaf, and there's another nine blows. But it's just interesting, you know, where there's like the total, you blow three like when they opened up the gates. That's not a mitzvah in the Torah, right? But to blow the, the, when, when, when they were bringing the Karbanos Musaf, that's Mamash din in the Torah. Okay, so just to have clear, you know, sometimes what's the priority? What, what are you learning? There's definitely a din that when you, when you bring Karbanos Mosef on a holy day, it's a din in the Torah to blow the Chatzotos. Now the Gemara says, Yes, Rabbi Achabar Hanina Midroma. Rabbi came from the south. I said, Mr. Simiyadi, he brought a prize with him. The Pazik there right before says, Ibn Aaron Akonim, the sons of Aaron Akonim, Yiskeu Bechatzotos. They will blow the trumpets. Now this is a, a bit of an extra word. It doesn't have to say they should blow. We're very going to say, uh, we're going to say just two psukim later that the trumpets are supposed to be blown. So what is it saying? Elamai, you're going to say, maybe the Chiddush is that the Kohanim are supposed to blow. But then it, it could have put it together. We don't need two separate psukim that says the Kohanim should blow, A, and then B, by the way, on, on, on a holy day when the Musaf is brought, they're supposed to blow. Why not just put it all together? So there's an extra pasuk. Why do we need this whole extra pasuk that there's a din that the Kohanim are blowing the shofar? We learn a chiddush that you should blow according to the karbanos musaf. So what does it mean you should blow in according to the karbanos musaf? Who Tani brought the price of who Amar Let's explain what does it mean you blow for each musaf. Each and every musaf requires its own blows. So what does that mean? That means that if I have two different holy days which are coinciding, I have different karbanos musaf. So let's say for example it's a Shabbos and it's also a Yontif. So there's two separate musafim. I have the musaf brought for. Shabbos, or Shnei Kvassim, the most of part for the Yantif, whatever the Torah says in Pinchas for that particular day. So there were three sets which come, nine that come out the Shabbos, and there's also a separate nine which come out the Yantif. Now between me and you, I would have thought that maybe it's even a svar, it should be that way. It's, it's intuitive because you're blowing during the Levium song, right? That's the Indian. So if there's a separate song because it's a Shabbos and Yantif, so L'Chayra, it should be Mechayev, separate tequilas. That's the Vard. It goes with the song. However, I mean, maybe Hagufa is the Chiddush. Who said it's so Pasha that it's like that? Who said it's so Pasha that there's two different songs and therefore two different Chatzos? Maybe that's all what's included in the Chiddush of the Gemara, that each separate carbon Musaf would have it. You know, just to bring out an example, right? Just to bring out the point, not that this is a riot against the Gemara, but, you know, we don't dive in different Musafs, right? We just put it all together. You know, we mix it all together. We did a shot, we throw in a paragraph for Shabbos. And, so maybe there's it's like it's like just like one big musaf on that day and one big song and one big chatzos just blowing can suffice for it all together. And the chiddush is that it's not that way. It's not that way. We learn from the pasuk, an extra pasuk, that for each musaf there's a separate uh, for each musaf there's a separate blowing, separate another nine. 
So the Gemara says, now it's going to make problems with the numbers in our Mishnah. So here, let's get our math on. Tanan, what did it say in the Mishnah? Remember, what's the maximum? The maximum you can have is 48. Why 48? If it's Erev Shabbos, Shabbos Sochachag. Right, let's remember again, why do we get that? We have 21 for the regular day. How do we have 21 for the regular day? Three for the opening of the gates, nine for the morning Talmud, nine for the afternoon Talmud. We have a Musaf, so we have nine. We have 12 for the Nisa Hamayim, and we have an extra six for uh, three to tell the people to stop, to get home from work, and three to tell them that Shabbos is beginning. That's the maximum of 48 that the Mishnah said. Vim Esau, if it's true that you blow separately for each different carbon Musaf, we have a different case how you can get. What would be if it would be Shabbos Chol Hamoet Sukkis? You should get even 51. Why? You have the 21 every single day. You have nine outs the Shabbos Musaf. You have nine outs the Yontif Musaf. And you have the 12 that go together with all the ones that have to do with the water. So why is the Mishnah saying that the maximum is 48 and bringing the case of Friday that Sukkis? Forget about the Friday business with the extra six that are going to go to tell people Shabbos is coming. Let's go with the Shabbos Cholamoid, which will bring me an extra nine. Because since it's Shabbos and Yontif, then I'm going to have nine for the carbon, for the carbon Musaf of Shabbos. And if Rav Acha is right, then nine also for the carbon Musaf of Sukkot. They have separate blows. So it will bring me to a total of 21. So why did the Mishnah not say that? Must be Rav Acha is not true. And the, and the Musafim don't require separate tekiyos out the Musaf from Shabbos and the Musaf from Yontif. So now it's very good. I'm not going to have an extra nine. So therefore the maximum I'll have is on Erev Shabbos, well, I'll have the extra six. So the Gemara answers, Remember on Shabbos, there's a general reluctance to blow. We don't like blowing instruments on Shabbos. We'll do it if there's, if there's a need. So we don't, opening the gates, the opening number, the opening three that happens every day, you don't do on Shabbos. Why? Presumably because it's just to signal everybody to get to their post. It's not like a carbon is being brought. It's not something specific in Avodah which is taking place. So on Shabbos, we don't blow for the three opening of the gates. So therefore, your kasha was that on Shabbos, you have 51. You want a 51, you're back to 48. Says the Gemara, Marava, said this. He doesn't care if the flower that he's making is fine or not fine. Meaning, he said an answer which is no good. First of all, the mission said it's twenty-one. The mission said every day there's twenty-one, which and it said that it's twenty-one of the three of the opening gates and the, and the nine of the morning and afternoon Talmud. So it sounds like every single day you blow for it. According to Reb it's not true. On a regular Shabbos, there's only eighteen because on Shabbos you don't blow for the opening of the gates. Furthermore, even if you're right, for argument's sake here, you're going to say that on Shabbos you don't blow. So therefore, on Shabbos, Chalamoid will only also have 48. But still, it's still equal. Shabbos, Chalamoid will have 48. And Erev Shabbos, Chalamoid will have 48. But still, it would have been better to say the Shabbos case. The Mishnah still should have said that there's 48 on Shabbos, Chalamoid. Because that would have been a bigger novelty that there's over saying that there's 48 on a Friday, Chalamoid. The Shabbos went out because you'll learn two novelties. First of all, Shabbos went out to Rav Lazar Yaakov. You'll see, like Rav Lazar Yaakov, that it, the point that the Mishnah said, instead of blowing on the 10th step, we blow when we stand our Rav's on the side of his back. First of all, the Mishnah would make that point. The Shabbos went out to Rav but also we'll learn Rav Chanachim which is what? Then when Shabbos and, Ch- and Yontif coincide, and there's two separate Karbonus Musafim, you're going to blow nine for the Musaf of Shabbos and nine for the Musaf of Yontif. 
now that you don't tell me that case, you told me the case of Friday, you don't see that novelty. Because on Friday, you're only having nine for the one Musaf of Sukkot, and you're just bringing out an extra six from the fact that Shabbos is starting. So it's a less of a novelty to tell me that there's 48 on Friday, Cholamoy. It would have been a bigger novelty to say that there's 48 on Shabbos, Cholamoy, because then we would have seen like Rav Acha Bar Hanina. So from the fact that the Mishnah didn't give that illustration, it seems that, the, that it's, Rav Acha's din is not true. That in fact, on Shabbos, Cholamoy, there would not be 48. You know why there wouldn't be 48? Because when two Musafim exist on a day, you must be, you do not have a separate tequilas blown for each musaf. So the Gemara has to give a different answer. We need a different answer. Why did the Mishnah not say that on Shabbos Cholamoid you're blowing so many? Must be your Vachas wrong. So the Gemara defends Ella Marava, Lefishin, Taikin, Lemile Amayim, Bashabis. Remember how there's 12, right? 12 for the Mile Amayim. But remember, we don't do, we don't do Nisach Amayim on Shabbos. Remember the Mishnah said it's not Tocha Shabbos. We don't go out to draw the water. We have to prepare it before Shabbos, right? So all those 12, you're not going to have. The Batsri Tuva, the numbers are going to be reduced. The whole point is that we need, in order to get our 48, the whole point is that I have, I was cheshvening the 12 for the, for the, for the water. But it, since on Shabbos, you're not going out to draw the water, so then you're not blowing the Chatzrasas either. What a simple, good answer. So if you're not going out, you're missing 12. So therefore on Shabbos, you're missing 12, you're not going to have it. Even if Ravach was right, and there's nine separate for the Muslim of Shabbos and in not other nine for the, for the, for, for the Muslim of Yontif, the Mishnah is still not going to get to that number that you wanted. That's why the Mishnah spoke about a case of Friday Cholamoid Sukkis. Friday Cholamoid Sukkis. There I've got the 12 of the Mile Amayim and I've got the six to tell people that Malacha has to stop. So it'll be 30, what is that? 30, good question, good question. How many? Minus 51 10. minus 12. What's 51 minus 12? 39. Good. That's what it should be. Thank you. That's according to one of you. According to Rav Acha. Oh, you mean according to Rav Zera that you don't blow for the three of Anjavis, it would only be 36, so right? 36 to 39. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But remember, we moved away from Rav Zera. The Gemara really doesn't like it. The Gemara threw it out, really. Okay, so yeah, very good. But we could still get 48 in a different case. Imagine if Rosh Hashanah is Shabbos. In that case, there's three carbon musafs. What do I have if it's Rosh Hashanah at Shabbos? I've got musaf to Rosh Hashanah, musaf to Rosh Chodesh, musaf to Shabbos. I've got three separate musafs. If Ravacha's rule is right, you should have separate tekios at all. That means that how many do I have here? Um, if, if, I, if I'm going to add 29 times 3 is 27, right? So if I'm going to add 27 Two, 21 that it has on every single day. How much do I get? 48. So that kasha comes back. Why is the Mishnah saying the only case I have 48 is Friday Cholamoid Sukkis? If Rav is right, I could get 48 every single Rosh Hashanah. Must be Rav is not right. And the sense is, why would the Mishnah say that case as opposed to saying this case? Says the Gemara, because Erev No, really, it's true. You're right. Rav is right, and in Rosh Hashanah there are 48. But the Mishnah didn't want to say that. It wanted to tell me the case of Friday. Tell me the Yaakov that the number of the 12 come, the last three are for the when they put that rose on the side of his back and not on the 10th step. So, the Gemara, all to me, my point, my point says the Gemara wasn't that you should have said Rosh Hashanah and not Friday Cholamoid. My question is that you should have said both. They both have novelties. The Friday point is the novelty like Rav Lezman Yaakov, and my point of Rosh Hashanah is the novelty of saying like Rav Acha. So my, the point is, why did the Mishnah omit it? The fact that the Mishnah only gave one illustration of Friday Cholamoid, and it didn't say there's another illustration of 48 on Rosh Hashanah, that omission of the second illustration implies that Rav Acha is incorrect. 
So the Gemara defends, Tana Vashayr. There's an idea that sometimes the Tana does this. The Tana said one and he left out. There are more examples, but he left it out. He only gave one. You can't say he left out examples if this is only one example. Meaning, if there's two that he left out, that's fine. He gave one example. But if there's only two and he only said one, that's a problem. Tana, we only accept the style of leaving out if there's at least another one that we know of that he left out. So the Gemara says, Shire of Pesach. Yeah, he left out Erev Pesach. So what are we talking about Erev Pesach? So let's get our Pesachim. Remember what we learned in Pesachim. There were three groups that would bring the Karvan Pesach and they would sing hollow. And there would be, the Gemara says, three rounds of hollow per group. And at each hollow, there was three. So that means there's a total of nine per group. Nine times three, 27. So there's 27 blowings of the Chatzot's race on Erev Pesach. In addition, you have the regular 21 for every day. So 21 plus 27 is 48. So the Mishnah could have said there's 48 in Erev Pesach. It left it out. So now it justifies that it left out Rosh Hashanah as well. Top of the Gemara, the Ahmed Beis. Imi Shum Erev Pesach. If that's what you're saying, that's what we left out. Lav We could claim that's not a good omission. Why? Hamani Rabbi Yehuda. We could say we're only going like Rabbi Yehuda. He says the third group didn't have so many people. Most of the people went in the first two. So they never finished the halal. They only got to a hafti. So they didn't have three rounds of the halal. The whole reason, the whole way we got 27 was because there's three halals per shift and, and, and there's three blows at the beginning of each halal. Nine times three is 27. But Rabbi Yehuda is saying that the last shift only has three, not nine. Because he says they never even finished one halal. So you only have the three that began off the first halal, but that's it. So therefore, according to him, the Mishnah might be going like him. If the Mishnah is going like Rabbi Yudah, then it's not an omission, because there wasn't 48 in our Pesach. They were just, yeah, exactly. In other words, the singing was to accompany the carbon Pesach. Look, Rabbi Yudah, if everybody was done, they were just that. They didn't even get to Hafti, everybody was done. Okay, finished. That's not an omission. Why? Because yesterday we already said that we're not going, the Mishnah doesn't go like Rabbi Yehuda. Why did we say the Mishnah is not going like Rabbi Yehuda? Because the Mishnah was cheshmering that a tekiah, true tekiah, is three blows. It's three, it's, it's counted as three. According to Rabbi Yehuda, it's not. Rabbi Yehuda held that kiah, true tekiah, is one big blow. It's one big mitzvah to blow all three together. So we already said the Mishnah is not like Rabbi Yehuda. So now it comes back, the mission is not like Rabbi Yehuda, and the mission is still left out of Pesach, so it's an omission. So if it's an omission, then we could justify why Rosh Hashanah was left out as well. It's not necessarily right, because not every single thing Rabbi Yehuda said, everybody had agrees to. There's two separate points. Is Tekiah, Teruah, Tekiah considered three or one? And the issue of whether, of whether they... Uh, the, by, by, by Erev Pesach, the third group had a, a nine, hal, nine blowings or not, that, that's, they're two independent issues. So maybe Artana held like, held like Rabbi Yehuda that, uh, that there was not nine on Erev Pesach on the, last, on the last shift, but he didn't know like Rabbi Yehuda in terms of the Tkiyot Ruot is considered is considered one. So they're separate issues. If they're separate issues, you can't say that. So now we need another omission that can justify Rosh Hashanah. Remember, health cup over here. We have a kasha. If Avacha is right, why didn't we say Rosh Hashanah? We're trying to say he said he left out. He left it out. He could have said he left it out. In order to say that, we have to bring a compelling proof that the Tana also left something else out. And what are we coming out? That the fact that he left out Rosh Hashanah, that he left out Erev Pesach is not compelling proof because we may be, our Tana may hold like Rabbi Yehuda that the last shift 
did not have nine. So we need another thing that was clearly left out to justify our defense of why Rosh Hashanah was left out. What about Erev Pesach, Shechalios, and Erev Shabbos? Because Apik is, even if we take out three because of Rabbi Yehuda, but Ayoshis, you have six to tell people that Shabbos is coming. Remember, every Erev Shabbos, you have three to tell people to get home and three to tell them that Shabbos starts. So even if we go like Rabbi Yehuda, there was only three blows in the last shift and I'm missing six to get to 48, but I've got an extra six if it's Friday. So we could have said, Erev Pesach, Shechalios, Be'erev Shabbos. So that even if we go like Rabbi Yehuda, there's a clear omission. Once we have a clear omission, so now it comes back very gishmak, we defend that that could be why we left out Rosh Hashanah as well. But in truth, Rav Acha is right. Rosh Hashanah would have 48 blows. So we defended Rav Acha. Okay, now we get back to the total maximum. We get back again, same sogia. The Mishnah said you never have more than 48. You'll never have more than 48. What if Erev Pesach is also Shabbos? According to Rabbi Yudah, there should be 51. According to the Rabbanon, there should be 57. Why? Let's try to figure this out here. We came out. 21 on a regular day. Three for the opening of the gates, nine for the morning time, and nine for the afternoon time. We got 21. Okay. Now, on Shabbos, you also have to add nine for the carbon Musaf. Right? So what am I up to? 30. 21 plus nine is 30. That should be very clear. Now, it's also Erev Pesach. According to the Rabbanon, there's 27 extra blows. According to Rabbi Yehuda, there's only 21 extra blows. But either way, it's a kasha. According to Rabbanon, 30 plus 27 is 57. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, 30 plus 21 is 51. But either way, it exceeds the maximum of 48. Great kasha. So how come the Mishnah said the maximum is 48? What if Erev Pesach was also a Shabbos, 21 for the regular day, 9 for the Musaf, and either 27 or 21 for the Kavan Pesach, depending on where you the Rabbana, but either way, it's more than 48. And for the Gemara, the Dana only wants to say something that comes up each and every year. Erev Pesach is a Shabbos, that's an anomaly. You don't have that most years. Once in a while, Erev Pesach is Shabbos, right? And how many times does that happen? Very frequently happens once in a while. So the Tana didn't, you're right that it's true, but the Tana wasn't bothering himself with illustrations that only come up once in a while. Okay, we're only saying things that could come up every year. So therefore, Erev, Erev, Friday Cholamoid Sokas comes up every year, right? We always have a Friday Cholamoid Sokas. But you don't always have Erev Pesach Shachalos Peshabs. Frek the Gemara, add to Erev Shabbish Shabbosoch Achag Mizabachoshana. Is it really true? Is that true that you're always going to have a Friday Cholamoid Sokas? Oh, is it true? Sometimes it won't count. The Gemara has to get creative here. How? What if the first day of Sukkot is going to be on an Arab Shabbos? So remember, what's the very important thing we have to remember? That Nisach HaMayim is not Tocha Yontif. If that means that all the water was brought before, so you're not going to have the total, right? Remember, that's the point. You're only going to have the 36 or the 39 as in Cheshman. Okay, so very good. So you're not going to have, if that first day, if the first day of Sukkot is a Friday, then that Friday you're not going to have, you're not going to have, whatchamacallit. You just say it's uncommon just like the other one. You're talking about one situation. Oh, so you're saying like this. If that one's uncommon, this one's uncommon. I, I, I get what you're saying. You're saying like this. Erev Pesach is infrequent. Here, Friday Chola Moed, it's almost the opposite. It's infrequent that it won't have 48. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Gemara doesn't buy it. Both cases, Lamaisa could happen and could not happen. Either you say something that happens each and every year, or you don't say something that happens each and every year. 
The fact that it will come up with more frequency or a little bit less frequency, the Gemara doesn't buy. It should be a little bit more absolute. Either you only say things that come up every year or you don't. So the Gemara answers, no. Sukkis will never be a Friday. Yontav Rishon will never be a Friday. Why? We make sure to push it away with the Edim and the Kabbalah's Edos with Rosh Chodesh. If we see that if we're going to make a Rosh Chodesh today, it's going to mean that uh, the 15th of Tishrei will be a Friday, we make sure not to do that. Why? Why are we so concerned? Why do we make sure that doesn't happen? My time, huh? Because if Sukkot would start on a Friday, what would that mean? Yom Kippur, when would Yom Kippur be? Remember, Yom Kippur is Yud. So if, if Tezvav is Friday, when would Yud be? Chad B'Shavis would be Sunday. We don't want Yom Kippur on a Sunday. Why? Why don't we want Yom Kippur on a Sunday? Interesting thing. So it basically means, it's an interesting as far as, a bunch of as far as. One is that if somebody dies, no one's going to be able to bury him for a long time. Okay, that's an interesting svara. The other svara is that, that if, if we were very concerned with the meal that's eaten on Matzah Yom Kippur. We're very, very concerned with this meal. It's considered a very special meal. First of all, practically people fasted. But more than that, it's a high-liga thing. You go home, it's a lot of describes a big Sudas mitzvah. So we want to make sure that the preparations can be done on, on Arab Yom Kippur. We don't want to make sure it's going to be, going to have everything all the way from Friday and then there was a Shabbos. It's too complicated. So we want to make sure that Yom Kippur is not a Sunday. If, therefore, we're going to push it off. Once you push it off, then you're guaranteed to always have a Friday. So now really our answer came back. The Mishnah is only saying things that come up each and every year. Friday comes up each and every year. Our doesn't come up every year. Is that true? That Yom Kippur we never have on a Sunday. It says in the Mishnah. So We have an interesting question. The carbon Talmud is brought each and every day, right? And one of the things they did is they burned the Imur. When are the Imur burned? They're supposed to be burned in the afternoon, but if they're not burned in the afternoon, they're burned the whole following night. What happens if Yom Kippur is Matzah Shabbos? So would I bring the fats of Shabbos on Yom Kippur? And what does that depend on? What is greater Kedusha? If they're equal Kedusha, then you can't. You're not able to say, I can bring Shabbos on Yom Kippur, because that's you're doing the Malacha, you're burning. So I could, do, I could do it for its sake on Shabbos, or I could do it if it's something of less degree of sanctity. But, but like, let's say, for example, if a regular Yontif was Sunday, I could burn the, car, the Shabbos, it's carbon time, and I'm not saying Shabbos. But, 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 uh, but if Yom Kippur is equal sanctity, then I can't. So this Tana says that Chalvei Shabbos are carbon Yom Kippur. It seems like Yom Kippur has a little bit less Kedusha. Okay? But what do we see? One thing that we see clear is that Yom Kippur could be a Sunday, or else you don't discuss whether the Talmud's limbs can be brought if Yom Kippur is a Sunday. Furthermore, when we were learning by Rav and Bava Amri, and we bring a brisa, it says if Yom Kippur is a Friday, lo you token, they wouldn't sound the shofar. Why? Because you're not going up in Kedusha. When you only blow the shofar, the signal, okay, a Kedusha is coming. So if it's a regular chol, it's a mundane thing, you're going to blow it to show that, show that Shabbos is coming. But if Yom Kippur is a Friday, you don't blow. Shabbos, and if Yom Kippur was a Sunday, you don't make, you don't make Havdalah. Same thing, because there's no de- lessening of a Kedusha. So that goes according to everybody. So in other words, that we, didn't, we didn't think that this Brisa that's talking about whether or not you make Havdalah on a Matzei Shabbos, which is Yom Kippur, we didn't think that it was connected to whether or not the fats of the Karbonos of Shabbos are offered on Yom Kippur. But Slikas also when I went there, that the Brisa is only like Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva holds that Yom Kippur has the same holiness of Shabbos. Shabbos is not more Chamer. That's why there's no Havdalah on Matzei Shabbos that is Yom Kippur. And that's why he would say, 
That's why he would say there's no Havdalah. But if you hold that the Chelve Shabbos are Kariv on Yom Kippur, that means that you hold Yom Kippur is a lesser Kedusha, and that's why the Chalavim of Shabbos could be Kariv on Yom Kippur, then you would make Havdalah. You know why you make Havdalah? To show that it's a lesser Kedusha. Who cares that it's a lesser Kedusha? To know the day and that the Chelve Shabbos are Kariv on Yom Kippur. So that was something that they picked up, a Chiddush that they learned in the Yeshiva. Not really relevant to us, but what was relevant to us, we see from here, Yom Kippur could be a Sunday. That's what we were saying. Our theory was Yom Kippur can't be a Sunday. We clearly see from here Yom Kippur could be a Sunday. Again, the details over there aren't so relevant. The details are, is Yom Kippur less Kedusha? Is the same Kedusha? What's the Nafkamina? Two Nafkaminas. Our Chel Vishab is carved Yom Kippur. If it's the same Kedusha, no. If it's lesser Kedusha, yes. And the big, then Memela, there's a derivative of that. Would I make a Havdalah to show, to indicate that point? Okay, fine, Pesedim. But I clearly see Yom Kippur could be a Sunday. So if Yom Kippur could be a Sunday, Akasha comes back. The first day of Sukkot could be a Friday. So why now? So, so, oh, so if, if the first day of, I'm sorry, first day of, of Sukkot could be a Friday, now we understand that it's not something which is said every year, which is done every year, and the Mishnah still said it. So now Akasha comes back. Why, can't, why didn't the Mishnah say, Erev Pesach Shechalios Shabbos, which will be more than 48. It will be 51 or 57. So the more answer is Lokasha, Ha Rabbanan. The mission that this Mishnah is going like the Rabbanan. The Rabbanan are okay with extending Elo one day to prevent having Yom Kippur on Sunday, and therefore Yom Kippur is never Sunday, and the first day of Sukkot won't be a Friday. Ha Achirim. That Mishnah with Rabzeir's Brisa is going like the Achirim. The Achirim old that the Basin doesn't adjust the calendar. This is the interesting question. Do we have to alternate between 30 days and 29 days, 30 days, 29 days in the month, or could Basin play around? That's a machlokas. The achirim hold, we're not allowed to play around. You can't say, oh, if we see that it's going to come out, that Yom Kippur would be a Sunday, we push it off. The achirim hold, you're not allowed to do that. Where do we see the achirim say that? Every year, from one, if you know when Rosh Hashanah is, if it was a Sunday, the next, let's say if it was a Sunday, for example, the next year Rosh Hashanah will always be four days later in the week. If you have a Shavuos that falls on a Sunday, the next year Shavuos will always be four days later in the week. Why? Because the, what's the calendar? 354 days. Now it's only 354 days if it alternates 30, 29, 30, 29, 30, 29. If you never mess around with that Cheshbin, then it's always guaranteed to be 354. 354 divides in seven and has a remainder of four. If I divide divided by seven, I'm gonna have remaining four days. So if there's always for sure guaranteed an alternate between 20 and 20 and, and 29, 30 and 29, and Basin doesn't play around and make games to push off when Yom Kippur would be, then you know that it's always going to be four days later. So the Achirim, if they're making this as an absolute rule, they hold Basin doesn't mess around. They have to alternate between 30, 29, 30, 29. Whereas there, so therefore, according to them, in Achanami, Yom Kippur could be, Yom, Yom Kippur could be a Sunday because you can't mess around. But our Mishnah held that there's no such thing. Our mission, oh, there's no playing around. And if there's no playing around, then actually Basin would make sure that Yom Kippur is never Sunday. And therefore Yom Kippur of, and, and therefore Arab, Arab, and therefore Arab Shabbos, Achalis, Pesukis will never be, will always be a Cholomoid. It will never be a, a, a day of Sukkis. It'll never be a day of Yontif. So now everything comes out, we're okay. The Mishnah said the maximum is 48. What happened? To, what happened? We think that we should have a, a bigger case of Arafat Shachalis for Shabbos. What's our answer? It doesn't happen every year. Ah, Friday also shouldn't happen every year, Friday of Sukkot. It does. Because our Mishnah holds, we adjust the calendar, we would never make Yom Kippur on Sukkot. I we see in a price and in a Mishnah a case where Yom Kippur is a Sunday, that Braisa holds like the Achayim that we don't mess with the calendar. Okay. Now the Gemara goes back to Ravach. Ravach, again, what was his chiddish? That if there's different musafim, you bring, you, you blow separate nine for each carbon musaf. 
correct it says the song of Rosh Chodesh is Docha the Shira of Shabbos what does that mean? it sounds like you only have the Shira of Rosh Chodesh via Isa of Rav Acha is right that we learned from a Pasuk that when there's separate carbon musaf and there's separate trumpet blows, lame the shabbos, lame the you would have said both. Why are we pushing away one song? It sounds like Rabacha is wrong. And the carbonus musaf and blend together. It blend together that it's one big song. It's one big idea of a musaf that combines the carbonus of the day. And therefore we see not like Rabacha. There are not separate blows. So the Gemara says, When it says it pushes away, it doesn't mean there's only one song. It just means that it comes first. The one of Rosh Chodesh comes first. But it doesn't mean that you don't sing both. You do sing both, and there was a separate uh, trumpet blows for both. Why should that be? So Shabbos is more taught. So you sing Shabbos first. Why would you sing Rosh Chodesh first? You want to publicize that Rosh Chodesh was established in the right time. Rosh Chodesh needs publicity. So to give the publicity that Rosh Chodesh was hooked up that's why they would sing the Rosh Chodesh one first. Hey, I care. Have Dino, I care. Have Dino, have Dino. We have a different hacker to show that they were Kovea Rosh Chodesh first. It says in the fast in the morning, where would they first? They would be massaged with them on the Mizbech, and only later they would put them up. So, where were they massaged with them? On the, on the lower half of the Mizbech, on the eastern side. The Musaf carbonates were always set up the Mizbech on the lower half of the ramp, on the western side. The Shor Rosh Chodesh, where were the Rosh Chodesh? Carbonus of the Musaf place, Takrat's Karkam is Bechlamata, the place on the ramp below the Karkam is Bech, meaning on the top half of the ramp. So the car, they were almost given like primacy, like they're put on the top. The top in the Mizbech holds the Rosh Chodesh Karbonus. What's Pshat? Top of the Amad Alpha, They did it to show everybody should see, ah, Rosh Chodesh is here. Because we have to show everybody that the calendar date was set and it was Rosh Chodesh Bismano. So what's the question, the question of the Gemara? We already have a hacker that to show everybody is Rosh Chodesh. We keep the limbs on the top of the Mizbeach. So why do I need another hacker to sing the Rosh Chodesh song first? We already have another hacker which is based on where they kept the limbs. So the Gemara answers, better to have two. It's not mutually exclusive. You have to. You could see the people who saw, even if they miss one sign, they would see the second sign. So let's say they didn't see that they were on the top, but they would see that the Rosh Chodesh song was sung first, so they would get it. Okay. So now we've defended Rabach. Just as you blow on, on a Shabbos alone, a regular Shabbos, and just as you blow on an ordinary Rosh Chodesh, maybe if Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh come together, you should blow separately. Maybe you would think that you should, which is what Rabbi Acha said. The Pasuk says, and on your Rosh Chodesh. What does that mean to say? That somehow we see we see in the Pasuk of Rosh that only one set is blown, even if there's many Muslims. The Gemara will explain how we see it from the Pasuk. We finally rejected him. We clearly see that when Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh come together, we only blow one set for the Muslims. We do not blow for each separate one. How do you see it from the Pasuk? So the Gemara says, All Rosh Chodeshes are equal to each other. Meaning, the same way on a regular Rosh Chodesh was is not Shabbos. How many blows are you going to have? Nine. So too, even if it's Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, there's still only going to be nine. There's not going to be, it's not going to be uh, an extra one for for, for, uh, for Shabbos and separate for Rosh Chodesh. So the Gemara is concluded, not like Rav Acha, the Drasha from Rosh Hashem says that if Shabbos would be Rosh Chodesh, you're still only going to have nine for the Muslim.